listening to The Jim Laird Show on Body IO FM, where health and performance collide with your host, Jim Laird. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Jim Laird Show brought to you by Body IO FM. I am your host, Jim Laird. Unfortunately, I have to go back and uh, redo a couple episodes, uh, two in particular. I use a Skype recorder when I'm recording with someone else. When I use my, myself, I use the recorder on my computer. But um, I did an update a, a couple weeks ago, and uh, ever since then, it's been causing problems. So I have to go back and redo a couple interviews. So hopefully I'll be able to get that, that done uh, here shortly. Just finished. This is a uh, this is a first, so it could be a little interesting because I just got done. It's a Wednesday. I just got done teaching the six a.m. class. I have a little break, so I thought I'd hop on here and, and chat a little bit. And um, so I've never done a podcast this early before, so this could be uh, this could be fun, or maybe not. Um, Eric Cressy, uh, who's been on the show. Um, tweeted uh, something last week that kind of got me thinking and inspired a little Facebook post that I did that got quite a lot of feedback. So I thought I'd chat a little bit about that and we'll see where it goes. Eric basically tweeted about how he went into a gym and watched what people were doing and he was stating like, you know, there's all this talk about recovery and recovery and of course I talk about recovery all the time. And he made a good point. You know, he said, I, I don't see anybody training hard enough for recovery to be an issue. And he raised a very valid point. And for most people in today's society, it's not recovery that's the issue, it's capacity. Okay. And let me tell you what I mean by that. First of all, last night I was on a, a, the Strength, uh, Strength House uh, podcast with uh, Greg Robbins and Tony. I won't even try his last name this early. They're, uh, they both work out at Cressy Performance and it's on iTunes if you want to check it out. And they do a live, a live broadcast, which is, which is pretty cool. And they also review some beers and, um, you can tune in and, and listen to what I, what I like to drink when I do drink on the rare occasion. But we talked about, you know, we asked the question, why, why are so many people working out today? You know, but we have this problem of this massive obesity and health issue. The reason why people, are working out in droves is because we've outsourced everything. We don't mow our own grass. We don't, you know, build our own homes. We don't grow our own food. We don't, we don't do anything anymore. We drive everywhere. We don't walk. So that's why there's an explosion in the fitness industry. So people are trying to make up for this low level manual labor that we would do every day. Like my grandfather grew up, you know, my grandfather was, this is not that long ago, you know, like in the, in the, in the 1940s and fifties, even into the sixties, he was shoveling coal, like buckets of coal he'd have to haul into the house, and that's how he heated the home. And he grew up on a farm. Um, you know, so he did manual labor all the time. I grew up in a farming community. I, uh, I did manual labor through bales of hay, mowed grass, played outside all the time. Um, you know, kids today don't do that much anymore. So we wonder why, you know, and I ran, you know, I ran a jackhammer for eight hours a day uh, in the summers 
when I was like from 16 on, you know, you run a jackhammer out in the heat all day and then you go do two a days and pra- uh, go to two a day practices. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Like it's a vacation. So you'll hear about kids today having heat stroke and all these problems because they spend all, all summer in an air conditioned house playing video games and then they get thrown into what looks like a college football program. Uh, and it's no wonder they, they have problems. Um, you know, Louis Simmons, uh, who I, uh, learned a ton from, have a ton of respect for. I remember him saying once, you know, you take the average construction worker that does hard construction manual labor, you bring him in the gym, he'll pull four or 500 pounds off the floor in his first, his first try. And that's so true. So it's one of the reasons why I was able to get away with some of the dumb stuff I did to myself in the weight room, because I had resiliency because of what the manual labor and all the different sports I played, my body had resiliency. We don't have that today. Okay. And you build capacity through sleep, through good nutrition, through free play, through low level manual labor, and then you can throw in intensity and you'll actually get something good out of it. Um, it doesn't mean you, you shouldn't exercise. That's not my point. But if you want to actually excel and get positive adaptation, you have to have that base level of capacity so your body can actually handle the stress and get an appropriate adaptation because you can you can have adaptations that aren't necessarily ideal because your body doesn't really care other than surviving. Um, and that's where smart coaching comes in and movement variability and all that good stuff. So where am I where am I going with this? So when you first build capacity, then you 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 pursue your specific goal for what your goal is, you know, whether it's you're running a 5K or a marathon or a strength training or anything like that. But you, it all comes back to that reserve, that capacity that you have. And you should switch between general and specific. There's that there's that battle between specificity and, and generalization where you have to kind of go back and forth between the two so you don't get too beat up or burned out or banged up. Um, the Russians, for example, uh, in their in their weightlifting program, would would go you know they they train really hard get ready for something then after that they'd take a month or two do ping pong do basic calisthenics do some different things to give their body a break not only physically but mentally and emotionally as well so in our society today we just don't just don't do anything and and it's gonna get worse so what's happening is is the general population is decreasing rapidly you know, phones and computers and people are just not active. And the level of training because of the internet, the internet has been great because it's exposed a lot of people to great coaches, a lot of great information, but it's also shows a lot of outliers. It shows um, people that are exceptional, you know, at what they do. And there's kind of this competition, you know, to see who can do the craziest stuff, which is fine. But we got the general population that's descending super fast and then we've got this training that's like just keeps going up and up and up and up and something has to happen sooner or later um you know i get people coming here all the time well you know what are you trying to do well i try i've tried to exercise before but i went to a trainer and the first workout i went to i came back and i couldn't walk for a week you know so in the future this is kind of where I see the fitness industry going. If you want to be successful in the fitness industry, you are going to have to lower your 
basically you're going to have to become a glorified phys ed teacher because you're going to have to basically expose these people to some things in a safe, controlled way that they've never really been exposed to before in the past. And you're going to have to build resiliency first before you push any kind of performance or throw any kind of serious stressors on people. Um, you're going to have to focus on teaching people how to take care of themselves because most people have no idea. Um, we, I was talking, Sarah Martin is a good friend of mine. She's a physical therapist. We refer people back and forth all the time. She works at a place called Ballman Physical Therapy here in Lexington, which is a phenomenal place, do an outstanding job. And we were talking about some of the people she sees. And you know, she's got clients that have never eaten a vegetable in their life. You know, obviously in a lot of pain. And she's talking to them about food. And they've only eaten refined processed food their entire life. And if they try and eat vegetables, they, they get sick. So how do you deal with somebody like that? You know, what's it going to look like in 10 years? We've got all these kids that have never played outside. If I get a 40 or 50 year old kid, that person that 40, 50 year old kid, if I get a 40, 50 year old person that's kind of let themselves go and they come into the gym within a week or two, they're moving better. They're doing better because they've been exposed to a lot of this stuff when they're a kid. What's it going to look like when we have these kids that have never done anything or they've only played one sport so they don't have like a complete library of movement what's it going to look like like basically you're going to have to do the best you can to get them moving in a safe way and if you're a gym owner or a trainer or a coach you're going to have to take a holistic approach you're going to have to have a pt at your place you're going to have to have somebody like a functional medicine type person um and and you're going to have to basically water things down to get people going in the right direction and make it fun enough that they want to do it. But at the same time, focusing on fundamentals and building them at base level of preparedness so they can continue to progress over time. And that takes time. And that means consistency. And that means coaching your clients that, okay, you train two days a week, but that doesn't mean you don't do anything else. That means you walk every day. That means you you know, you go be active and, and, and take care of yourself and, and you make sleep a priority and um, instead of just, you know, bringing the hammer on people, which is what happens to a lot of people is they, you know, they try and, you know, they, they either go to the gym and do nothing meaningful or they they slam themselves with, you know, four sp you know, 90 minute spinning classes a week and they wonder why they, they can't function. So it's one of those deals where, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Um, and and we're, we're entering in, and, and I think, you know, being a student of history, like Rome kind of went through the same thing where, you know, they were doing a lot of their own work. And then they, as they conquered other countries, they got servants and, and, and the upper class became almost like sloths because they didn't do anything except drink and party and have a good time. Um, so, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And it's interesting because we've got all this technology now to make up for stuff like we would do on our own uh, in the past. So people are talking about like robots taking over and, and outsourcing of jobs and all that sort of thing. And so, you know, basically, how is the human organism going to evolve in the next 10 to 15 years? And what are we going to have to do? to keep that organism functional and healthy. So you just don't end up being like, I can't remember 
where I, I seen this, but it was like a picture of the, of the person in the 21st century. It was like this blob sitting in a chair, uh, with a screen of like a, like goggles on their head. And, and they basically were like this, you know, organism on a feeding tube that, that looked like a slug, like Jabba the Hutt. And that's kind of where we're going. And the fitness industry is going to have to take a huge role in educating people on nutrition and sleep and activity um, so we don't end up like that. And there's nothing wrong with performance. I love performance. But the majority of the people that are coming through the door, even athletes, are not prepared for any kind of performance-type training. <laughs> um, you know, Greg and I were talking – Greg, Tony and I were talking about that on the, on the podcast where, you know, your average 13, 14 year old girl that plays soccer is immensely underprepared, uh, because they don't do anything physically to develop their body other than play soccer. And they need a solid dose of basics. And a lot of people don't want to put that work in. And a lot of people just want to go to that fancy program that's going to add, you know, whatever, you know, I advertise you're going to take this much time off your 40 or whatever, uh, instead of doing the basics of, you know, bear crawls and maybe pushing a prowler and doing some carries. It's not sexy. It's not fancy, but it works. It allows you to have that resilience and that base level of manual labor type work to be able to handle some more advanced stuff. So that's kind of where my thoughts are. I thought I'd jump on here really quick and, and, and talk about that. Um, cause it's kind of, I think, very misunderstood. And there really isn't a lot of people I've heard talk about this. I think Rob and I have talked about this a couple times. Um, Rob Wolf, uh, we've talked about kind of how things are, are de-evolving and what he's observed with his children cause they're so active and they eat well what they look like compared to uh, your standard American child, you know, especially when they were, I, I listen to people that feed their, their children well um, and don't feed them a lot of garbage. And, and they're, you know, like underweight compared to the standard, like average American kid weight. And they're, they're super high on all the developmental markers. Um, running on the lean side but if you compare them like to the world average they're fine but to the american average because you know it's kids today you know it's like juicy juices and and uh you know and i'm not a parent so i really can't you know it's just observation that it's a lot of processed food uh from a very young age instead of eating a lot of real food and so you know we we see kids today that are, are just obese you know and it's going to get worse because um, the convenience factor and like Rob talked about, the neurological factor of what happens when you just feed somebody refined starches all the time. Um, so I'm kind of rambling at this point, but there's some things for you to, to think about. So hopefully this makes you think about things in a different way. And if you do own a gym, um, if you work with people as a coach, you can start thinking about how am I going to be like my friend Jim Windler said, the best beginner coach possible because the population, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be always those elite level performers that you can work with. But generally speaking, 
Um, even those people are underprepared for performance training because most of them have only spent time uh, playing their sport. They haven't spent time developing their body. Um, most people, how do you be the best beginner coach possible? How do you take somebody that can barely function and get them going in the right direction and consistently over years improve their function and their quality of life? Like that's the big question you need to be thinking about as a coach and how you can do that in a way that's uh, safe, progressive, and at the same time uh, is fun enough that people actually want to do it. So that's kind of, if you're in the fitness industry, I would start thinking about, you know, the next five or 10 years and how your business is going to have to adapt because honestly, there's not going to be that many high performers left. I mean, the majority of the population is going to be sedentary, and not in a good place. And whether that's by design or not, we could get into that rabbit hole discussion, but probably not. It's just human nature to do as little as possible and eat as much as, much as you can. And uh, we've got that perfect setup for for destruction. So super short one today. Uh, hopefully this week I've got a couple things, uh, podcasts in the, in the works, and then I've got to redo some ones that got screwed up. So, uh, once again, you can check me out on Jim Laird, G Y M L A I R D.com. Uh, Jim Laird, J I M L A I R D, my blog, which I don't update as much as I should. Um, horrible at that. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram, Jim Laird, G Y M L A I R D. You can find me on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, all that good stuff. But most of the time I'm coaching people. So that's one of the reasons I struggle with uh, doing stuff online is because I'm working. So good times. Need to do a better job of uh, delegating and coach, you know, training people to help me, which is not one of my strengths. So there you go. Uh, once again, uh, please continue to support Kiefer in his endeavors so I can continue to, to keep doing the show. They are excellent. You know, I record the show, I send it to them, they get it prepared, they put it out for me and I Really appreciate their patience and uh, their willingness to work with me. So I hope you guys have yourself an outstanding day or a great evening, depending on when you listen to this. Take care. You've been listening to The Jim Laird Show with your host, Jim Laird. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. Don't miss the next episode of The Jim Laird Show, when he'll probably say something inappropriate, but unexpectedly insightful.